We often tend to fixate on appearance. We judge based on what we see, especially today when it comes to social media. We see a perfect life and take that as truth, but <laughs> looks can be deceiving. Just like for the woman in today's episode. Let's get into it. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. I'm Timothy Gregory, bringing you the story of a woman who used her good looks and charm as walls to barricade a broken and bitter heart. We'll see what it took to knock those walls down on today's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Also, you want to stick around because later we're going to announce this season's winner for our sweepstakes drawing. And stay tuned for the chance to enter our next sweepstakes drawing for your chance to win. But first, let's get to it, folks. The story of Bessie Tolberg. Bessie? Yes, Mother. Come in. You're going to the mission with me tonight, aren't you? No, Mother, I have a date. Oh, dear. I was hoping you'd sing for them again. You have such a beautiful voice. I sing in the church choir on Sunday. Isn't that enough? They always look forward to hearing you sing at the mission. Don't have time. Sorry. Where are you going tonight? Where I always go, Mom. To the dance. <sighs> Maybe next week. I doubt it. I've outgrown that mission. Come here, Bessie. What's up with you, Grumpy? What do you mean, dancing with that jerk again? Are you the dance monitor? I brought you here tonight, didn't I? Doesn't mean you own me. Bessie, come on outside where we can talk. With you? No way. Bessie, come on, please. Let go of my arm. Please. I said, let go, and I mean it. Oh. Ow. Bessie. Get away from me before I really slap you down. Go on. The woman in our story was only 15, but her beauty had made her self-centered, and that selfishness would get worse. This is the story of where it led and how she finally overcame the flaw. It's the true testimony of Bessie Tolberg from the classic files of Unshackled. I was born in Wooster, Ohio, and had wonderful parents. Few kids appreciate their parents, and I sure didn't. Too full of myself. We always went to church, and Mother took me to a mission for women and children where I sang at their meetings. She loved showing me off to everyone, and I loved it too. Ouch! Mother! Not so hard! Well, I'm sorry, honey, but we want your hair to look as pretty as possible, don't we? It won't if you pull it out by the roots with that comb. I'll be more careful, Bessie. Hurry up. I don't want to be late. I think it's about done. <sighs> there. You're the prettiest thing. It needs a ribbon. Yes, a great big beautiful bow for the back of your head. There. Now when you stand up and sing, you'll be the prettiest girl they ever saw. The women at those meetings gushed over me, and I was cat-like in my smug satisfaction. Also, like a cat, I was unpredictable. 
Although being the youngest singer in the choir got me attention, as a teenager, I found other ways. I kept singing in the choir, but every other night of the week, I went to dance halls. At 16, I started work as a waitress in Canton, Ohio, where customers gave me the attention I craved. Bessie, see that guy coming in the door? The one in the black overcoat? Yes. Who is he? He's the one I've been telling you about. My brother-in-law, Nick. He's cool. Kind of sophisticated. He knows his way around. In more ways than one. What does he do? Don't ask. You don't want to know. Yeah? I like older men. He's got class. Want to meet him? Sure. Come on. Hello, Nick. Hello, honey. Who's your friend? This is Bessie. I've been hoping you two would meet. Hello, Nick. Ah, Bessie, huh? I told you she was your type, Nick. You didn't lie. So uh, why don't you beat it so Bessie and I can talk? This is my station. Uh, now it isn't. Beat it. Okay, Nick. Whatever you say. Does everybody do what you tell them to do? If they know what's good for them, they do. Say, uh, what time are you off tonight, sweetheart? Ten o'clock, and the name is Bessie. Okay, Bessie. I'll pick you up at ten. Is that so? I told you most people do what I tell them to do. I'm not most people. Yeah, I can see that. Ten o'clock? No. What? Ten-fifteen. I want to shed the uniform and wear something attractive. Nick introduced me to a world that was totally different from the one I had known. A world of big money and privilege. He liked to show me off. And sometimes in the nightclubs we frequented, he asked me to get up and sing for the customers. It never crossed my mind that the little girl with the big hair ribbon had come a long way in the wrong direction. Going out with Nick again? Yes. I worry about that. Why? He's exciting. <laughs> That's what I'm afraid of. Oh, Mother, you're so old-fashioned. <laughs> well, what's wrong with being old-fashioned? People who cling to the past never change. Change isn't always good, Bessie. Only the right kind of change is good. I'm not a little Sunday school girl anymore. <sighs> the Sunday school teachings were meant to protect you. Well, they did their job, I guess. But Nick's the real protector. Is he? He wants to marry me, and I'm going to say yes. Not long after Nick and I were married, my family moved to Chicago, but they asked the friends they left behind to pray for their daughter. When I needed emergency surgery, Nick called mother and told her about it. Is she going to be all right? Yes, but she's still very sick. Oh, I'd like someone to pray with her. I can't help you there. I'll ask my old friends for the name of a minister and see if he'll visit her in the hospital. Bessie? Yes. Oh, I'm Reverend Wright. Your mother called and asked me to visit you? Yeah, she would. This is my husband, Nick. How do you do? Pleased to meet you. Well, you folks don't attend church, I gather. No. Well, you're missing a lot. Some people think of churches as boring, but I think you'd be very surprised at what we offer. Something's going on all the time. And I don't mean prayer meetings, either. Our young people have the time of their lives. Suppers, parties, and other social gatherings. 
Is that so? I had never seen him before. He stayed a while, told a couple of jokes, and tried to learn what business Nick was in. Then he stood up to go. Well, guess I'll be running along. Mustn't stay too long and tire the patient. Thanks for coming. Be sure to drop in at church when you're feeling better. Sure. Since you're a singer, Bessie, you could be quite an asset to our social gatherings. See ya, Nick. You never know. That guy's a minister? Uh-huh. If he's a minister, how come he didn't pray? You're a mighty sick kid, honey. Maybe he doesn't know how. Or doesn't believe in it. You really want to go to church with a pastor don't know how to pray? No way! As soon as I recovered, life went on just as before. Nick and I lived a hard, fast life that I thought was glamorous. Plenty of money, lots of noise and excitement, and best of all, Nick. And then for the first time in my life came heartbreak. All right, all right, don't knock the door down. Give me a break. Bessie, as soon as I heard, I came right over. What are you talking about? Heard what? You don't know? You mean nobody's told you? Told me what? Oh, Bessie, now I gotta be the one to tell you. Will you spit it out? Honey, it's Nick. Nick? What about him? He's dead. Someone killed him. That can't be! What happened? I don't know exactly. Maybe... Maybe he ran into someone that didn't want to do what Nick told him to do. I became a widow at an age when most girls are beginning to shop for a wedding dress. The only friends I knew were the hard-living bunch we had always run around with. So I went back into circulation. But the glamour vanished. Yeah? Of course it's Bessie. Who'd you think it was, Freddy? The same Bessie you stood up last night. Don't give me that, Freddy. I know what happened. You were too drunk to remember we had a date. All right, if you want to talk, come on over. But don't stop at any bars on the way, you hear? Come sober or don't come at all. I wasn't proud of the person I had become. Too much makeup and not enough morals. One man after another traipsing through my life. I had become mean and hateful, and I wanted out of the whole miserable mess. A few minutes after I told Freddy to come over, another friend dropped in. That was fast. Well, this place will look like Grand Central Station in a few minutes. Hey, you expecting company? Freddy, if he can stay sober. Ah, oh, then forget it. Freddy don't know how to stay sober. Come on, kid, let's go out. Serve him right if I stand him up. Yeah, that's my girl. I feel like getting drunk. Falling down drunk. <laughs> just what I had in mind. Oh, yeah? Well, just for that, I'm not even going to take a drink. Whatever you say, Bessie. Let's go to a show, then. Maybe. Forget it. Uh, you're more unpredictable than the weather. What's up with you, anyhow? Never mind. I know what I want to do. I 
want to go to church tonight. Church? You? <laughs> You're kidding, right? You are kidding. Think so, huh? Make up your mind. If you're going to go out with me, we're going to church. Ah, uh, no, not me, Bessie. Not even for you. Forget it. I let him talk me out of church, and we went to a show instead. The next morning, my state of mind was worse than ever. Finally, at 11 o'clock, I made a decision. There was a train leaving for Chicago at noon, and I was going to be on it. Folks, we'll get back to Bessie's story in just a moment. But first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org. And then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check. Unshackled, we take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now back to the classic true story of Bessie Tolberg. I picked the slowest train on the line that day, one that brought me in at three o'clock in the morning of early December. It was cold and I was tired, but I started walking. By the time I reached the place where the folks were living, I was ready to drop. So what if it's 4.30 in the morning? Why don't they wake up? Hi, Mom. Bessie. Bessie, honey! Oh, honey, you've come home! Come in here before you freeze to death! It's pretty cold out there. Honey, I've prayed so long, and now God's answered my prayers. Morning. Did you sleep okay? You don't keep any wine around here, do you? No, honey. Fooey. So where'd Dad go? He and your sister went to choir practice. Oh. I want you to go to church with me tonight. I don't feel like it. You'll be glad you did once you get there. I don't have anything to wear. What you're wearing is fine. You've got to be kidding. I'm serious, Bessie. God looks on the heart. He's got quite a spectacle looking at my heart. Mom insisted, so I went to church with her. I must have been a sight. Tight clothes, high heels, and lots of makeup to highlight my hard, defiant face. Two men were standing at the church door handing out bulletins, and later I heard they started praying when they saw me. I didn't care. All I ever cared about was Bessie. Maybe the preacher knew about my tattered soul because he seemed to speak right to me. 
What does it mean to repent? Well, it means to agree with God. And he says, we're all guilty of sin. There is none righteous. No, not one. The Bible goes on to say in Romans chapter 3, verses 16 to 18, that destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And that's the truth, and it's bad news, because the penalty, the wages of sin, is death. But the good news is... You can repent before a holy God, and he won't smack you down. Now, as soon as you agree with him that you're a sinner who cannot save himself, repent of your sins against God, and he will lift you up. Why? Because God knows you won't change until you are born again. He loves you. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God will not turn you away. He's not waiting for you to change. He knows you can't change without him. You can't make yourself good enough for God. So if you're tired of a meaningless life, it's time to repent to turn around and come to the cross where the Savior died for you. His death, his resurrection will make you whole. When the pastor gave the invitation, I was ready to give up. Give up being tough and popular, tired of being miserable. Self-centered Bessie began dying to all those things as I stood up and walked to the altar. There I knelt and began to pray. And as I did, a kind-faced woman came and knelt beside me. Dear, if there's anything I can do or say to help you understand God's love and forgiveness, I'm here. Would you like to give your life to Christ? Will he really accept me? Yes. He wants you, and he'll accept you as you are. You don't know how I've lived. Really bad. Do you know what the Bible says about that? No. It's in this first chapter of Isaiah, a wonderful promise. So wonderful that no one can say we're too bad for God to save. Here, it says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Then he will accept me. If you believe that Jesus died for your sins and rose again, and if you're willing to repent and turn your life over to God and live for him from this day forward, he will give you the Holy Spirit and everything will become new. Because Jesus lives, you will too. The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I want to do that right now. She prayed with me, and I prayed too. I was born again that night. The Bible says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 
How true that was for me. She was the mother-in-law of the superintendent of Pacific Garden Mission. I went to her Sunday school class, sang in the choir, and even joined a jail ministry to help the inmates know Jesus and the power of his resurrection. We also held meetings on the street. And that's how I met Bill Tolberg. He played the accordion while I sang. Good crowd, Bill. You certainly draw them in with your playing. Thanks. You're a natural on that squeeze box. How'd you learn to play? I taught myself. It's a gift from God, then. And you're using that talent to his glory, just as Jesus told us to do. Several people came to Christ tonight. Yes, ma'am. Ma'am? <laughs> My name is Bessie, and don't you forget it. I had decided that all men were alike, so I wasn't looking for a husband. But Bill Tolberg had been praying for a Christian wife. He was shy and quiet, afraid of women as breezy as me. But God let him know that I was the one. Lord, I've been asking for a Christian wife for a long time, but not her, Lord. Not Bessie. Please. Later, Bill told me that he prayed for three nights and then dreamed about me. Finally, he changed his prayer. Lord, if she's the one to be my wife, I won't say no, but you'll have to tell me what to say. During our Saturday night prayer meeting, Bill prayed aloud. Lord, I thank you that you've taken care of my material needs. These are hard times, and yet you've kept me employed with a great company. I thank you for that. The next day, as Bill and I were walking with a group to church, he said something else about his income. You know something, Bessie? I, I wish I was making more money. Yeah, don't we all? I suppose, but it bothers me not making enough. I don't understand you, Bill. Last night in the prayer meeting, you were praising God for what you have. Why complain now? Because... Because if I were making more money, I'd ask you to marry me. What? Well, would you? Amen! Uh, hey, everybody! Uh, uh, Bessie just agreed to, to marry me! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Bill lost his job, and we were married purely on faith in God's word. But two days later, Bill found a good job, so it all worked out fine. He had been in the peacetime Navy before coming to Chicago, and that prompted him to make a decision not long after December 7, 1941. Honey, I, I've had something on my mind. I've been praying about it. I believe God wants me to go back in the Navy. No, Bill, not you. I think so, Bessie. I, I can't get it off my mind. Pearl Harbor caused me to rethink my life. Bill, you've already been in the Navy. Younger guys need to know the Lord Jesus, Bessie. I can tell them about him. They have chaplains for that. They'll listen to someone like them, an experienced sailor. Bill! Honey, before this thing is over, thousands of guys will be killed, and an awful lot of them are going to die without Christ lost just because they never heard the gospel. 
honey, I can't let them go to hell because I'm not willing to join in this battle with them. I must tell them about the Lord. So Bill joined the Navy again, and I stayed with him as long as I could. Our last evening together before he sailed from Newark, we were out walking and passed a church. Something on the bulletin board caught his attention, and he stopped to read. Look at that, Bessie. Lord, give me strength to face the facts, even though they slay me. That sounds like a verse from Job, even though they slay me. A letter from Bill? Yes. He's so bold about witnessing to others, Mom. Oh, that's wonderful, honey. He's led many sailors to Christ. To think, he didn't even have to enlist because he was older and had already served his country. He knew the Lord had work for him to do. Each one of us was created for a purpose, and we can't have peace until we know the Lord and are led to do the work he has chosen us to do. Amen. I'm so glad you kept praying for me. Not just me. The whole congregation was praying for you. <laughs> I have to cringe when I think of how I came to church with you the night I was saved. <laughs> the men at the door told me later they prayed for you all through the service. I'm glad they did. And the woman who prayed with me from Pacific Garden Mission, she was so special. You're still going there with her? Yes. I sing during their worship service and give a short testimony. The change in you is such a miracle, honey. <laughs> you don't have to tell me, Mom. Jesus can change anyone. There came a day when I received a telegram. My Bill was killed in the line of duty and buried at sea. I'll see him again when I get to heaven, our real home. There we'll meet Jesus face to face, the one who went to the cross when he didn't have to. He wanted to so we could spend eternity in heaven with him. Listening friend, you can have the assurance of eternal life in heaven too. Jesus Christ is the door through which we enter, through which we have forgiveness. You can pray to him in repentance of your sins and place your trust in the finished work of salvation through Jesus Christ. If you need help in this crucial decision, let us know and we'll send you some literature to assist you. The address, Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607, or call 1-888-NEED-HIM. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. 
And now, the part I always look forward to, we get to announce the winner of the prize for our sweepstakes drawing. Just as a reminder, this prize is a beautiful wooden scripture plaque. The verse on this one is Psalm 34, 1, which says, I will bless the Lord at all times. And the winner is, drum roll, please, Noah Sears. Noah, thank you so much for listening. We pray that this scripture plaque would be an encouragement to you and a reminder of the majesty of our God and the love he has for you. Also, a big thank you to everyone else who entered. If you haven't already walked away with one of our prizes and you'd like another go at it, or if you just haven't had a chance to enter, be sure to tune in next week as we start yet another sweepstakes drawing. You never know, it just might be your chance to win. And next time... No, I mean it, Dan. I'll never go back to a committee meeting at that church again. Now, Emily... No, Dan. You were only trying to warn them. They wouldn't even listen. When Pastor Dan was hired at a new church, he and his wife, Emily, didn't know they were entering a spiritual battleground. I'm afraid our new church may be in a lot of trouble, and they don't even realize it. A pastor faces a crisis of faith because of a popular and dangerous New Age teaching that was quietly making its way into the church. I had to do something. It's really that bad? Well, it is, Emily. It deceives the reader into trusting things that are contrary to Scripture. But would he have the courage to speak out regardless of the cost? I'm positive there's a wolf out there, disguised as something harmless, trying to devastate the church with wrong teachings. Someone has to warn them. Find out in a new story called The Question on the next Unshackled. Heard in the classic true story of Bessie Tolberg were Mara Kate Burns, Trisha Grennan, Charlie Babo, Larissa Julianis, and Jim Poole. Original music, Caleb Tolleson. Sound effects, Jim Poole. Sound assistant, Martin Robinson. Recording engineer, David Pierczynski. Audio engineer, Michael Kahn. Script, Jack O'Dell and Kenitha Gabler. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time... Unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ. <laughs>